0: Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank our other great FIAAA sponsors. First, our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herff Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Gipper. Sports graphics made incredibly simple. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs bring student achievements to life. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by Violet Defense. We're staying right in the state of Florida today. Our guest is Diane Kunkel. Diane is the athletic director at Our Lady of Lords Parish School in Kendall, Florida. Uh, we recently connected uh, you know just before our FIAAA conference, and uh, glad to add her to my network. Uh, Diane, how's it going?
1: Very good. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Uh, well, we're excited to hear what's going on in your corner of uh, Florida. So let's jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up. Uh, where you went to school and college and uh, maybe how you got involved in this business of uh, athletic administration
1: well i'm originally from weehawken new jersey i went to school there i played four sports uh, tennis basketball track and field and softball i went from there to montana where i played basketball on a basketball scholarship Mm -hmm. at rocky mountain college in billings montana
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then from there i came down to florida Um, where I am now the athletic director at Our Lady of Lords Parish School. And I've been there for 22 years. (laughs) Well, that's
0: quite a trip. How did did you uh, go from Montana um, all the way down to Florida? How'd that happen?
1: Um, Well, right after I graduated college, I was the assistant coach at Billings Central Catholic High School, um, where we won the state championship. But in Montana, it was really hard to get a job um, as an athletic director or a PE teacher because people stayed in their positions. They, they really enjoyed it there. So I, need, I knew I needed to get a job. I came and visited my brother down in Florida, um, applied for a job, and lo and behold, I got it. So I went back to Montana, packed everything up, and came down to Florida and haven't regretted it at all. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's uh, that's quite a trip and uh, I, I know a little bit about moving around I started my career uh, where I went to high school and college in the great state of Oregon and uh, you know here I am in Florida so very cool. Um, Diane in our business, uh, we always like to talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship so i'm curious who were some of your mentors, uh, either you know parents or family members uh, growing up, maybe coaches or people you worked with or worked for. The expression I always like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to a coach or, or a kid. So whose voice do you still hear?
1: Well, I was very lucky in high school. We had one period where it was uh, study hall and I was a pretty good student. So I really didn't do much in that class. So I went and I asked the athletic director if I could um, help him out in any way. So they said, well, we'll take out your uh, study hall period and we'll have you be the assistant to the AD. And that's kind of where it all started. Um, I was very, very fortunate. His name was Mr. Wisniewski um, and he just got me involved in everything. I went from inventorying the equipment to the uniforms, answering phone calls, involved in meetings believe it or not at that age. Um, I had a very good handwriting. So I did the uh, names on the certificates for the athletic banquet, helped in all aspects. And I just loved it, fell in love with it, was able to do it for two years. I um, knew that's what I wanted to do in life.
0: You know, that, that is so cool to hear. Uh, I, I can, You brought back memories for me uh, as a junior and as a senior in high school, I had the opportunity to be a, a TA, a teacher's assistant. And of course it was for you know my coaches and had similar roles like that inventory uh, uniforms and even setting up for games uh, and just being around coaches and then being seeing that other side of it you know the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. stuff i I just thought it was very cool and i think in the back of my mind i knew that that was something i was going to do um diane i know you're also involved or you've been involved for uh, a long time uh with coaching particularly girls basketball so Talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things you've done with that aspect of your career and how that's helped you uh, be a better athletic director.
1: Well, I I got my start as an assistant in Montana and we just loved it. Um, It was a really nice uh, staff that we had there, but I knew I had to leave. Um, I came down to Florida and I was uh, nine months pregnant with my daughter and the pickup line to pick up my son when the principal at Our Lady of Lords tapped on my window. And I remember my belly being out to the steering wheel and she said, would you come and be our PE teacher and start our athletic program. And I thought at first she was crazy, but it was such a great idea. My mom was able to watch my daughter when my son went to school and I started the program. We started small. The school only went up at that time to fourth grade and then we added a class every year. Um, we started with cross country because obviously it's not a sport that requires a lot of equipment, um, and then we just built from there. Um, obviously, when you're in a middle school and you're building a program, you also have to coach. So I coach cross country, track and field, girls' bas- basketball, which we have a JV level and a varsity level. Um, at one point, I did also coach boys' basketball, but I kind of gave that up. Um, softball and flag football. So between the teaching, the coaching, and the athletic director position, it's a very busy job. Oh, I can't hear you.
0: I'm a professional. I will unmute myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was saying um, that that was um, um, very common, I think, for the small school AD Mm -hmm. and coach. You wear a lot of hats. You learn to manage those things very well. you're down there in South Florida, you know, which I spent, you know, many years at. And uh, one of the questions we've been asking our athletic directors has to do with how we responded to COVID. And for listeners, we're recording this uh, on June 14th. So school year is pretty much wrapped up. Uh, We have, you know, finished having to deal with COVID at least for this year, but take us back a little bit. Uh, What were some of the things that you did as an athletic director, uh, not just for return to play, but also return to uh, school academics? How'd you guys do it at uh, your school?
1: Well, kind of backtrack to, I remember uh, my last flag football practice with the girls and uh, setting them down. We were only two games into the season and telling the girls, you know what? we're going to be shut down for probably about two weeks, but then we'll come back and we'll finish the season. And, you know, I think back now and it just, it breaks my heart because um, we never did finish. I was able to, since we had three quarters of the year um, in our athletics, have an, uh, an athletic banquet, albeit virtual. It was, I'm not very good with technology. So that was quite a challenge as an athletic director, um, to be able to put on a virtual athletic banquet, but it be- went very well. Um, obviously hoping that, you know, we were gonna start the school year with sports, but unfortunately that didn't happen. The Archdiocese in Miami decided that it would be best if we did not have sports for this year. Um, quite a challenge, um, very disappointing for the students. Um, so we, we went about what we needed to do. Um, I have a very supportive principal, went and talked to him in December and said, you know, things are looking a little bit better. Can we have intramurals? Because I think the thing with the archdiocese didn't want was traveling to other schools, being exposed to other schools. But since we had been in class from August to December, we were with the same people. So I said, can we do intramurals where the kids are active? You know, the kids really needed it for their mental health, their physical well being. So we opened up an intramurals program where we did two four-week sessions, which worked out really well because, you know, we had a lot of students that may have not made a, a team, you know, weren't quite athletic enough to make a team, But they could come to the intramurals, and you know, one student comes to mind where she probably wouldn't have made a team, but she came. She was very, very quiet, Um, and by the end of the eight weeks, she had blossomed. You know, she was telling them, you know, that's a foul, and you know, you can't walk with the ball, and look, this is how you pivot, and you know, so she kind of came out of her shell. So that was the positive part of the intramurals was seeing somebody that maybe if she tried out for a team wouldn't have made it, but then she blossomed through it. So we made the best out of a really bad situation, not being able to have after-school sports competing against other schools, um, but we did give our kids at our school an opportunity to have that outlet of sports. Um, so it worked out really well, praying that next year we'll be able to go back to a regular sports program. In our In our athletic director meeting, that's what we're we had recently and that's what we're gearing towards is going back to our regular sports program in august
0: okay uh, and that was going to be my very next question have you had a chance to talk about next year and, and how does it look for you know coming back with full sports
1: well obviously you know you have to see how the summer goes but we we are looking at coming back we will start with our cross-country season our JV boys basketball season and then move into our primary baseball um, so we are praying that that that's what what's going to happen. That's the path that we're going on come August. Uh,
0: Well, obviously, all the best with that. Thank you. Diane, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, What's one or two things that you do at your school uh, that you are particularly proud of uh, when you step back and look at it with equal parts uh, pride and humility, uh, you can say that, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, What's a couple best practices at uh, Our Lady of Lords Parish?
1: I think um, communication and organization. I think that's really important. We start the school year off with a mandatory sports meeting for the parents and the athletes. Uh, We introduce our coaches, we introduce our booster club. Um, all the rules and regulations from the paperwork that has to be turned in, how we run the department, um, the practices, the practice schedules, about an hour and a half to two hour meeting, parents get to ask any questions. And I'm sure this new meeting coming up this year will will be a long meeting because there'll be, you know, different ways that we're gonna be doing things. Um, But I really think that being organized and um, communication with your parents is the key. The second thing I would say um, probably would be, let get people involved. Um, I know at, at our school, um, I have an assistant who's been with me 21 years and I tap into her strengths. Her strengths are communication. She's a phenomenal writer. So I get her to do that part of the department um, and it, looks, it works out really well for us parents, get your parents involved. Um, you know, we have a, a, one of our fathers, his name was Jose Jane. He was unbelievably handy and could build things. And we found, he came to me one day and said, look, we're not making as much in the booster club as we normally do um, because the baseball field is so far away from the booster club. So he says, I'm going to build you a Jiggy cart. Jiggy was our mascot, Jiggy the Jaguar. And he said, I'm going to build you the cart and we're going to take that cart over to the baseball field. We're going to bring that booster club over to the baseball field. And our numbers, our amount of money that we raised during baseball games doubled just because we brought the booster club to the baseball field. You know, tapping into the people like that. um, Another, We had a father who was, uh, he owns a landscaping company and he helped build our baseball field because When I first took over the program, all we had was two basketball courts, and that's it. We had 15 acres of property and two basketball courts. So we were able to bring in a six-lane running track, a baseball field, a batting cage, a booster club, and two customized scoreboards. And I couldn't have done that by myself. That was done with the help of all the parents. So I think that's the biggest thing is... Tapping into um, the people that that want to help because the parents really want to help. They want to be involved, especially their children go to the excuse me to the school, so they want it to be the best possible. My baseball coach um, tapped into him. We did a Christmas tree sale one year so that we could raise money for a golf cart because you got 15 acre, acres of property. That's pretty long, you know, to be walking around or carrying equipment. And he did uh, marshmallow shooters. And the kids would hide behind the Christmas trees and shoot marshmallows at each other. And it became a really big, fun family atmosphere. So we raised Christmas trees, you know, sold Christmas trees to raise funds for our department. So I think the biggest key is getting people involved. People want to help. And I don't have all the assets. I don't have all the abilities. So I, you know, talk to people and communicate with them and say, you know, and they're willing to help. So can you do this? Can you do that? And and everybody together through. I've had a lot of really great people um, that have passed through our school with their children that have really helped to establish the program.
0: You know, it's amazing how often we hear that uh, the importance of communication. You know, it's certainly finished high in our uh, our toolbox collection. Great stuff. We are visiting with Diane Kunkel, the athletic director at Our Lady of Lords Parish School in Kendall, Florida. We're going to take a little break and hear from our sponsor, Violet Defense. Once again, we want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement their existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the educational AD podcast. Welcome back everyone. Again, we're visiting with Diane Kunkel from the Our Lady of Lords Perry School in Kendall, Florida. Diane, another question I've been asking our athletic directors has to do with this idea of social awareness or social justice. And my question is this, how can we as athletic administrators, how can we do a better job in this area of being socially aware for our communities?
1: I think the biggest thing, again, is communication. Um, during the, the pandemic, I was able to get on it. That's one of the good things about Zoom is I was a lot, able to jump onto a lot of different podcasts and learn. I think one of them I learned from was Lisa Langston, who you've had on your uh, podcast before, who, who did um, a Zoom about social awareness. So I think it's just learning, you know, going out and listening to people's perspective, um, having an open mind, Gathering all that information, taking it to heart, and then being able to, um, you know, give that information to your your athletes and to your students. So I think the biggest key is listening and trying to understand other people's perspective.
0: There we go. We're back. Um, <laughs> I, again, we hear that so often, the importance of listening. Uh, and I've said it before, if I could have learned that skill earlier in my career, I, I think I would have done such a much better job. But again, listening, so key, so important. Let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Uh, another question I always ask is, you know, what's your favorite part about being an athletic director at your school? Uh, so frequently we hear, and we should, It's about the kids. I love the kids, and and of course, you know, we all love our kids. But beyond that, you know, what's something that gets you excited about coming to work each day?
1: It definitely, definitely the kids. Um, But also, believe it or not, I mean, the parents, the family atmosphere. Um, You know, I love to step out of my office and I see the track and I see the field and I see the basketball court. I see the booster club. And, you know, we, one of the things we started a long time ago was a booster club. Um, And we asked parents to volunteer. um, And, you know, we give them the title. There's a president, a vice president, treasurer, secretary, and they amongst themselves become a little family. Um, and I love to hear the laughter in the booster club. They're having such a great time together. They love when the kids come from our aftercare program to buy snacks. You can just see the love between the booster club and the students. And I think that that's the biggest thing. When I step out of our, you know, when my, my sister and I step out of our office and we just see the family. It's the Our Lady of Lords Jaguar family, you know, and you see baseball going on and, and cross country running, and when you see all of that, it, it just brings such a smile to your face because it is a family. So that's the the biggest part that that I enjoy every day going to going to work.
0: You know, uh, I I have a lot of friends, and I'm sure you do too, who are athletic directors at say larger public schools, and and it's just that component that you just mentioned, that family component, it's just something that you can only get, you know, at those smaller schools, you know, where you and I work. And it's not a, a knock against the bigger schools, but it's just they can't develop that relationship with all the families that we, we can. Uh, so again, I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Diane, this has been so cool to get to know you these last couple months and uh, add you to my network. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox. And we've already established that you are certainly in a veteran AD. Uh, but right now, I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new Athletic Director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Diane Kunkel's Athletic Director Toolbox?
1: I think the first thing is um, organizational skills, um, especially if you're at a small school where you're coaching, you're AD, um, you're teaching. You've got to be organized. You know, we, my assistant and I, like I said, I kind of charged her with uh, communication. So we do a board um, that we put in the main office, so the office always knows what's going on in our facility. And when the parents come in, they can look on the board. They know what's happening if there's a baseball game or a flag football game. Um, we put one in the cafeteria where the kids all go to eat, so they know. Oh, look! There's a football game today. That means the booster club's selling snacks. We're gonna go out and get a snack and, you know, watch the game. So um, I think organization, get stuff done early. So if you have a roster that's due and it's not due for another week, get it done now because you don't know what crises or something that's gonna come up in the meantime that you're gonna have to handle. So get stuff done early so that you always have that extra time. If nothing else comes up, then you can enjoy your job. Like I said, step out and see what's going on at your facility. But if you're organized and you have everything, you don't forget things. Um, So that I think is number one is organizational skills. The second thing is, um, like I said, tap into your resources. Everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses Um, You, as an athletic director, cannot do it all. I wouldn't have the program I have now if it wasn't for the fantastic people um, that I've worked with all these years um, and and help create that family atmosphere. Um, An example, our science teacher came up to us a few years ago, says, I want to be involved. It's just so much fun out here. What can I do? And I said, "How would you like to be our mascot?" Where our, our, our mascot is Jiggy the Jaguar. She said, "Oh, I would love that." So we bought her this jaguar costume, and she would go out at the games, and all the little preschool kids from would come up and give her high fives. "Jiggy's here! Jiggy's here!" Um, the team, the other school the teams from other schools would come out and say, "Wow, they have a mascot!" So it just really created a, a phenomenal environment. So I think that's the biggest thing is tap into the people around because people always wanna help and they wanna be part of something. Um, And I think the last thing is fundraising because everybody knows even in a small school um, that you have to fundraise. Our booster club is phenomenal. They raise a lot of money. Our principal and assistant principal are awesome. And that's a big thing too, is making sure that you have the backing um, from your, your administration, um, so basically what we raise in the booster club gets put back into the athletic fund and our principal, uh, lets us have a, a huge athletic banquet for what we consider an elementary and middle school. We have a, an athletic banquet usually as an outside facility, the athlete gets dressed up, the girls wear dresses, the boys with suits. Um, we usually have four to 500 people at this banquet, Uh, It's a, it's a acknowledgement of all the hard work from, from everybody. And that is really possible because of the administration and also the booster club. So fundraising, um, you know, our administration would let us have, like I said, the Christmas tree sales, which is a lot of work. Make sure you have, if you're going to do something like that, make sure you have a lot of people to help you Um, host, you know, if your, if your facility is able to host things, host a track and field meet, host a cross country meet, host a flag football tournament, because maybe you won't get the gate, uh, but you'll get the concessions and you'll build that community, that feeling of everybody's together. I know our parents and our uh, athletes love when we host a flag football because everybody comes to our school um, and and it's just a great way to build that environment. So I, I would say those are the three things that I would recommend to a new AD coming in.
0: What, uh, again, you probably noticed me scribbling those down, you know, great, great suggestions. And, and, and once again, all critical to, to the success of a program that is often self-funding. You know, you're not getting a lot of, you know, department or school or even obviously state dollars. So thanks so much for sharing. Diane, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and kind of pick your brain a little bit on some of those ideas, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you?
1: My email is jaguarcoach at AOL.com. You can tell I have the AOL.com. So I've had that email for a very long time.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow, I love those AOLs. uh, (laughs) Great stuff. Jaguarcoach at AOL.com. Diane Kunkel, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast today. All the best uh, as you work to reopen for the fall of 2021.
1: Well, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to, to sit and talk with you today.
0: Oh, right back at you. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.